Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times. I'm Amy Keene. Today we're looking at the latest in the shakeup of the free trade agreement between Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. I talked to our world trade editor, James Politi in D.C., about the new bilateral agreement between Mexico and the U.S. and what it could mean for Canada and North American industry. James, both the U.S. and Mexico announced an agreement on trade terms on Monday. It was a slightly unusual televised call between the two leaders. Can you bring us up to speed on what, what that deal entails? Well, that's a, that was a bilateral deal between the U.S. and Mexico to revamp uh, NAFTA. So ever since Donald Trump was elected, he had promised to renegotiate the 1994 trade agreement that governs all trade across Canada, the United States, and Mexico, because he thought it was bad for American workers. And so that led to a series of negotiations. Trilateral negotiations had pretty much faltered by May. And over the summer, the U.S. and Mexico began to negotiate bilaterally to see if they could sort out some of their own issues and then bring Canada in. Well, they managed to do a deal between themselves, and that was what was announced uh, on Monday with uh, kind of some bizarre theatrics with President Trump in the Oval Office putting uh, Enrique Peña Nieto, the Mexican president, on speakerphone to discuss the deal. Theatrical is a good way to put it. Just for some background, so what did happen that cut Canada out of this conversation? How did those trilateral conversations sort of derail, as you said? Well, the the trilateral uh, negotiation sort of derailed over some, you know, number of substantive issues. But then there was the big um, sort of G7 summit in Canada in early June. And there was a real sort of tussle and standoff between Justin Trudeau, the Canadian prime minister, and Donald Trump, specifically over trade. And after Trudeau had... Uh, had called um, American tariffs um, based on national security grounds insulting to Canadians and said that Canada would not be pushed around by the United States. Then uh, Trump reacted and called Trudeau meek and uh, dishonest and weak. And so trade relations really soured and Canada was then no longer at the table. So the U.S. turned to Mexico and they began negotiating. But actually, even as that was happening, and uh, even as Canada was sort of frozen out, they still kept a pretty strong channel of communication. And they've been, they've been following the talks and have been ready to jump in once the U.S. did a deal with Mexico. And that's where we are now. Exactly. Brings us to this week. They sort of immediately went on, I guess you could say the offensive, you know, um, Foreign Minister Christian Freeland flew to Washington to join these conversations. Can you give us a sense of what is at the crux of the negotiation, I suppose, then the current disagreement with Canada and the U.S. in particular? So there are a number of bilateral issues which they're kind of trying to figure out at the moment. One is dairy, the longstanding Canadian protections on their dairy and poultry industries. And certainly the U.S. will be looking for a concession on that front. But there are also some other some other issues. Canada wants a cultural exception to protect its indigenous and um, French-speaking communities. And there are some issues on which the Canadians have some other kind of strong views um, which clash with the Americans, particularly on the investor dispute settlement 
process. The U.S. and Mexico kind of did away with uh, those panels which regulate disputes among investors except for a few sectors, and the Canadians would like to see those back, at least in certain areas. So I think there'll be some pretty strong haggling over that. On cars, which is a big issue, the U.S. and Mexico struck a deal, and Canada seems pretty content with that. And that's where we are. That's where we are now. I mean, in the backdrop, some of the American tariffs against Canada and Mexico based on national security grounds on steel and aluminium are still are still in place. Those have been, you know, met with a lot of disapproval, both in Canada and Mexico. The Mexicans didn't quite manage to get rid of them, but I think the Canadians would like to see them dropped if they do a deal. And you mentioned cars, one of the industries most affected by any changes to the North American Free Trade Agreement is the auto industry. What was agreed specifically with that bilateral agreement with Mexico that you say, you know, Canada for the most part is is looking to support? The deal lifts the percentage of North American content in cars that's required for tariff-free sort of access to the United States. Essentially, that was 62.5% under the current NAFTA deal, and it's been lifted to 75 So it means that you have to have 75% of content has to, be, has to come from North America in order to, for a car to be produced in Mexico and then exported tariff-free to the U.S. And also there's another rule which requires that between 40 and 45% of a car needs to be made in plants or by workers uh, which are who are earning more than uh, $16 an hour so that's uh, that those are efforts to kind of tighten you know labor labor laws and labor standards and how big of an impact will that have on the way the current supply chain works is this a material change for the auto industry to have to adapt to i think it will be i mean you know many cars are you know would probably still qualify for uh, some of these standards at this point but that's not true for everybody. And it certainly represents sort of a, a tightening of the rules around the auto trade uh, across North America. And it could prove to be particularly complicated as time goes on for car makers to uh, sort of respect these very stringent guidelines. I mean, you know, one of the objectives of the U.S. administration in this deal was to prevent Mexican car plants from using Chinese parts in order to manufacture cars. And if you don't use Chinese parts, then uh, most likely the cost is going to go up. So it could have an effect on consumer prices as well. And getting back to Washington and the state of negotiations, uh, this is all happening under a pretty tight deadline. What's what's the reason for that? The, the most important um, element of the for the quick timeline is that the three countries or the U.S. needs to give notice to Congress that it has a deal on hand in order for it to be signed within 90 days. And it has to be signed within 90 days because at the end of November and beginning of December, there's a changeover in the Mexican administration. So the, the kind of outgoing Mexican administration by Peña Nieto wants to sign the deal by November 30th, and Trump could not do that unless he gives notice that there's a deal on hand by the end of this week. So that's the primary reason for this. And that's the reason why we have such a tight timeline for a trilateral deal. I mean, technically, the U.S. administration has said that they're prepared to go ahead with a bilateral deal with the Mexicans. 
and give notice for that on Friday. But of course, it would be better to have the Canadians on board, which is what the business community has been pushing for as well, pretty strongly. And so in light of that very tight deadline, how are things looking? Things are looking reasonably good. Both Trudeau and Trump have spoken today. They both said that you know, we're on track for Friday. Trump said we're on track, probably on track for Friday. Trudeau said a deal was, you know, there was a possibility for a deal by Friday, but, you know, no NAFTA deal is better than a bad NAFTA deal. So they're being kind of, as you would expect, sort of optimistic, yet kind of cautious about the prospects. Christian Freeland, who's the foreign minister, has said that, you know, there's still a huge amount of work to be done. So I think it's it's sort of all to play for. I think the cost of not doing a deal would be actually quite high on all sides. If things were to break up at this point, it would be, I think, pretty devastating for the Canadians, but it would also be quite embarrassing for the Americans. So I think my bet would be that you do get a deal, but these things are unpredictable. This U.S. administration in particular is is extremely unpredictable. So you know, you wouldn't want to call it for sure until something happens. Yeah, I suppose uh, despite the cautious optimism from both President Trump and Prime Minister Trudeau, it really comes down to what's happening behind those closed doors of negotiations. Thank you so much for your time, James. Thank you. Appreciate it. You can read more about the state of the North American Free Trade Agreement at FT.com. We've linked to James's recent article in the show notes for this episode. And if you're not already a subscriber of the FT and you'd like to get more of our news, please go to ft.com forward slash offer for our latest subscription offer. 